Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky on, uh, coming to you on Thursday, correct, Andy? The week yes. before, we're one week away from the NBA draft. Thursday the 15th. Where the Lakers will have the second pick. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, over the course of today, Jerry West, Andy, is now going to be a Clipper. Boo, say many Lakers fans. They're very upset. They say boo. Um, so Shame. That's something else that we'll get into. Uh, but let's start with the the finals because uh, while the draft is is number one on everybody's mind, I think, with the, with the Lakers right now, in terms of where you figure the Lakers are going to have to go from here, the finals and what we just saw and what we, I think, are going to continue to see with the Warriors, worth discussing because LeBron James, Andy, averaged a triple-double, correct? Never been yes. done before. Averaged a triple-double. 32, 12, and 10, 56% shooting from the field, 39 from three, and a block and a steal just for fun. Right, just for, just for kicks. Um Kyrie played pretty well, I thought overall. Yeah, uh, you know, Kevin, well, Kevin sure. Love, given the the horrible matchup, this this Kevin Love actually all in all had a played good pretty series. well. There's, yeah, actually had a good series, good playoffs. And I I realize that you know games I guess three, four, and five were competitive. Yes, you know they were games. No, they were legit games. Yeah. Cleveland won anywhere close to winning that series. Nope, and. Cleveland, you could argue, well, maybe they're not the second best team in the NBA, but they're what they're, they're better than ninety percent of the league. Absolutely, they weren't anywhere close to winning that series. And so, you know, not only are we have a summer full of what's Chris Paul going to do? Can he go to the Spurs? Because clearly, staying with the Clippers is not going to get him where he wants to go in terms of a title and all that kind of stuff. You also have to just think about it from like a team like the Lakers. If you're in the group of teams that can't beat the teams, that can't beat the Warriors, you have to rethink your whole perspective on how you rebuild your squad. Or or actually, I would say, keep, you don't even necessarily... Well, maybe not rethink, but you have to think carefully about it. You have to think carefully, but what you really have to do, and this is something that gets talked about a lot with the Lakers, whenever, whenever anybody talks about the rebuild that they're going through right now, everyone always talks about the speed with which they can rebuild. Like, you know, how how many years, you know, what type of clock is Magic now on, whatever. What matters more than the speed is the sustainability. Yes. Like, you need to build something that is meant to last a while. Like, Golden State has built something with a window that is not going to be closing for a while. And that's and, a, finish your point, but that, that part of it's important, too, in terms of figuring out sure. how you do this. So the Lakers need to make sure that they are building something sustainable before they worry about, okay, how quickly can we make this happen? Because how quickly can we make this happen often means, okay, who do we move come hell or high water to make ourselves competitive, but not relevant, nece- but not ne- relevant competitive, but not necessarily a true contender and definitely not something that's built to last. Right. And so, you know, we've, t- I, that's a point I made about like if, if this is a 20 step process, you have to get to 20. And the danger isn't so much being stuck at, you know, six like the Lakers are. They'll get better. It's getting stuck at fifteen like the Clippers are, where you can't get good enough to to win anything important. But you're also way too good to kind of rebuild and all that kind of. So you're stuck in that spot where you're you you have no good options at this point. If title contention is all that really matters to you, and so there's that problem. But also nobody. On the Warriors, that matters 
you know, other than Iggy. But the rest of this, the, the core four guys, none of them are even 30 yet. Yep. None of them are 30. All of them now, because they're surrounded by each other, can extend their own primes. Assuming Draymond doesn't go anywhere, assuming Clay doesn't go anywhere, the, the the presence of all the other guys means they don't have to do what LeBron did this year in Cleveland, play 80 billion minutes and, and, and shoulder so much of that load to where, what were they, like minus 60 when he didn't play in like the 12 minutes of that series he didn't play? Cleveland got waxed consistently. Clay can take time. You know, you know they can keep KD's minutes at... 30 a night and they can keep Steph preserved and all that kind of stuff. So this window that they're in is going to last at least another three or four years, probably if you know longer than that, if they can keep the team together. And even a guy like Iguodala, who seems fairly timeless, doesn't necessarily have to. So not only do you have to decide what is what are the moves we can make that allow us to compete at a championship level where we don't get stuck. It's like, when do we do it? Because do you want to time your run exactly to when the Warriors are still at their peak? Because unless you think you can get all the way there, you're gonna you're gonna burn all your capital and and, and not have a chance. No, they, you can make a really strong argument that that if the Warriors have something like a three to five year window ahead of them um, when it comes to being the best team in the league, you know the prohibitive favorite which i i think is a very fair estimate if anything right. it might be too short right because they and they'll have dudes like patrick mccall sure, but, filling in but let, let's just say three to five years and we've talked a lot about the lakers being on something like you know three to five years before they could really become a great team again hopefully you can make a very strong very logical argument that th- that you should spend some of that window burning up against what Golden State's going to do anyway. Like yeah. You might as well burn some of that time when Golden State's going to be unbeatable. And that doesn't that doesn't mean try to be better. Just like, wait, 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 we don't want to get no, good. No, I'm yeah. not talking about but tanking. It's, but it's, it's, it's a it's qu- shortcut. So you it's want to avoid shortcut and jumping to yes. the front of the line. There's no point in making bold moves, big moves. Gutting half your to, team to bring in Paul George. For example, because that's not going to get you where you need to go anyway. And then you're 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 going to be stuck without the assets. I mean, I think what Golden State proves is teams like the Lakers, you can't give up stuff. So if your choice is trade for Paul George now and you know guarantee you're going to keep him or roll the dice a little bit and make a run in 2018, you know when we're also going to get LeBron, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you have to wait. You have to, you have to take the avenue of signing guys because you're going to need all the players – that you, you have, the draft picks you got coming, and everything else, because you won't have enough firepower otherwise. You're going to be Cleveland. You know, cause, and, and Cleveland without one of those guys being LeBron. Yeah, Paul I mean, George look, is great. He's not LeBron. Look, the Lakers for you know for a while during the tail end of the Kobe era, they spent a lot of time, you know, the middle tail end of the Kobe era, they spent a lot of time as a team giving up stuff. But that's because they saw themselves as a legit contender and they wanted to try to go for it and they considered the future now. And whether and they were it wor- correct, right? And whether it worked or not, and certainly, I mean, the the tail the tail years of Kobe's career were messy, but the decisions were at least justified. But you and I talked about all the time. At some point, that that bill comes due, and they are in the process of paying it off, which is fine. It's what you should expect from every franchise. At some point, you have to pay that bill. 
But what you don't want to do is essentially, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul and just put yourself deeper and deeper in hock. Again, trying to skip steps and jump to the front of the line. Particularly when you're robbing Peter to pay Paul at a time when paying Paul doesn't even accomplish what you want to do. No, the VIG is running. Right. <laughs> what you're like paying. The, so the, all the, the, the apostles here, <laughs> I'm getting them a little confused, but you just, it's not, if it's, it's not, not gonna, our faith, it's, it's, it isn't. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a competitive disadvantage here. But if you're not going to get to where you need to get anyway, then you really have to be careful. Right. Um, and, and I, and the, I the, the warriors this. are just uniquely set up. It's different than when it was with Miami, because you could look at Miami and say, well, you know, Wade's going to, at the very least, you know, Wade is, Wade was sort of breaking down even when that super team was formed. Um, you knew oh, it's going to be LeBron, Bosch, and the shell of Wade. Okay, well, that's not necessarily unbeatable. This is a bunch of guys going into their prime, who, you know, who are worse, you know, two of the three of the 10, 12, 15 worst before the, I mean, break it down however you want. And they're not going anywhere. Well, I, I like, I, I I am I'm interested. I wish I, I hope the league teams can figure out ways to combat this. I love watching the Warriors play. I was in awe of how good they were and the talent and the execution and how well KD played and all that stuff. It I don't want five seasons though right. of I know what how the movie ends. Well, before you I, you, I watch. you may be getting that. I, I agree um, with you. I will say this before we uh, move on to the draft. Uh, Chris Haynes over at ESPN has a piece up right now where. On the heels of LeBron insisting in his uh, post uh, post final scrum that he had never played on a super team, Kevin Durant is now insisting that the current Warriors are not a super team. Uh, quote, first of all, if everybody wanted Steph, he would have been the number one pick. A lot of people passed on him. A lot of people doubted Steph, saying he wasn't. No, let me finish. Uh, I, I, saying he wasn't <laughs> going to be this good. I want you to hear all the jackassery. Clay Thompson, he was just supposed to be this okay shooter in the league. Like, that's what you thought of Clay Thompson when you brought him in. Draymond, nobody wanted him. He was a 6'5 power forward. He couldn't stay in the league, couldn't start in the league. Sean Livingston had a crazy injury. Nobody wanted him. Nobody thought that he would get back to being Sean Livingston. Andre Iguodala, he got traded a few times. Nobody wanted him. A lot of people didn't expect these guys to who they, be there, who they are today. Super team? No. We just play extremely well together. Coach puts us in the position to maximize our strengths. This is the equivalent, Brian. Of when, you know, firmly entrenched one percenters insist they're not wealthy. Yeah, I, this is... I'm sorry, I, I, I have a lot... Like when Keyshawn, that we were in studio that one time where Keyshawn tried to explain to us that he wasn't rich. Right. <laughs> Look, I have a lot of respect for Kevin Durant. He seems like a good guy. I had no problem with him making this move. Shut the bleep up. Yeah, that is, that is really... I you mean, are absolutely you are, part of a super you're, team. You're com- he's conflating, of course, respect with super teamness. Steph Curry is a two-time MVP. You are a one-time MVP. Right, and a finals Dr- MVP. Draymond Green will probably win Defensive Player of the Year. Clay this is Thompson's a super team, one of the man. Best, uh, super team. Four All-Stars. Super team. Yeah. Shut, Shut up. Shut the bleep up. Yeah, that, that, that is... I mean, seriously. That doesn't... That is not... You're not explaining it away. I mean, you know what this is also, too, taking my example before? This is when new money people don't know how to handle it. Like, because Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant is new money when it comes to super people, teams. People, because they, you say super team and it minimizes your accomplishment. And I, like, I get, but this is, this is part of the reason why all these people saying KD's taking the easy way out are wrong because what are we all doing? 
we're minimizing his accomplishment of winning a title. And that's why he's saying stuff like this, because he does that is a reaction to people like us. Yes. Um, but anyway, you are. And you and I haven't even been picking. No, I think it's great that he did it. You know, we should all try to be happy at our jobs and, and do things in a way that make us happy and allow us to be successful and our best selves. Um, but you played on a super team, bro. You played on a super team, and you're not, and you're going to continue. Yes. Um, the draft is next week, and you know we've spent some time talking about different players and and this, that, and the other. And Josh Jackson uh, got his second workout. Lonzo Ball's second workout is Friday in an undisclosed location. I hope it's Siberia, <laughs> and they because he wants to show him his training methods and his fitness. So I'm picturing a Rocky Four style workout where he's running up mountains and jump roping and doing the sit ups in the barn. What I'm picturing actually is that. Luke and Magic and Palenka all get blindfolded, and then they get shuttled to this location in the back of a trunk. <laughs> and it's the same way back. Like, nobody will ever know where this place was. Right. And ironically, it's the facility in El Segundo. <laughs> or <laughs> just driving circles. I can't believe they've built a replica of our own place. Either that or what I'm hoping is that it turns out to be a big baller brand warehouse. They're <laughs> just going to have them go make shoes. <laughs> You want us? You want to be in the in the uh, in the Lonzo business or not, Rob? So, hey, Palinka, if you can't buy one of these, right. you're not a big. Baller. You're not a big ball. If, if we can't look, I mean, you want to know why they're not six hundred and fifty dollars as opposed to four hundred ninety five? Because we get people like you to come in and, and stitch these things up for us. Um, so yeah, that's happening. And they they did the uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and some of the other you know, the fringe guys. Josh Jackson had a second right, workout. Second, right. So Markel Fultz is going to be uh, meeting with the media right, in about an hour. Yeah, He's uh, working uh, out Thursday as we speak. That it seems like a waste of everyone's time. But you never know. You never know. Um, what I think is is really fascinating about this. Oh, stuff. and Darren Fox was in right. as well. So and then a bunch of guys for the twenty eight. But what else? We say that because we don't know any of them. I don't know they are. <laughs> we're That's, dismissive. That sounds like a them problem. <laughs> we're dismissive because we're unknowledgeable. Right. Um, and we're not going to waste your time. No. So I think what, what's... I'll give a plug. Go to Silver Screen and Roll. They seem they, to know this There stuff. are a lot of people they who are really super detail-oriented about the 28th pick. And we read them. No. And all we'd be doing is repeating their work right. anyway. I, I I can you can make a very solid argument for both Ball and, Blue and Jackson. Gold also probably a good all the, all everywhere over, but us. everywhere but us <laughs> yes. is where you need to go to get your yes. information about the twenty eighth pick. I can make a, a very solid argument based on the stuff that is the scouts and whatever for Ball being a great fit. I think you can make a great pick uh, argument for for Jackson, and it's just a matter of figuring out who ultimately you think is going to be the better player. The one part that I I I think gets overlooked is so much of it gets looked at through the prism of what do you do with D'Angelo? For me, I, I think we're forgetting the the crux of this decision to me feels as much about Brandon Ingram and where you think he ends up playing and what you can do with him um, and the type of, of team you want to put out with him as the fulcrum more even than Russell. Ball and Russell can play together at least offensively. Yes, I mean, absolutely. And Jackson and uh, and and Ingram can play together. I would think so. Certainly, with Ingram, with, with Ingram as a two and three, and so it's like, what kind of team do you want to put together? And when you have a guy with the kind of positional versatility of Ingram, where you know in three or four years he could be kind of a small ball four, four, assuming he gets up to you know he a buck eighty point forward, he already is. Kind of function, but I that mean, way. like really, he's certainly that's a his, three. That's his he's, gig. So you have 
what they think of Ingram and how they can plug him into a, a positionless NBA, to me, is as much impacts all of these decisions as what about, you know, can we have D'Angelo off ball? Can he play with, with whatever? And then it comes back, I think, a little bit to that same kind of Okafor versus Russell choice where if you do think you're going to keep these guys around, are you setting yourself up for a, a situation where you can't play them together? And my only concern is defensively, I wonder, are you setting yourself up for a situation where D'Angelo and Lonzo Ball can't play next to each other yeah, it's interesting. I, I and I, I forget the writer's name, so I apologize. He covers uh, UCLA. <laughs> Another one of these people that we've referenced, <laughs> right? But um, I, I was listening to him on a podcast. I want to say uh, the Medina Billorum podcast, the We Want Tacos podcast. I don't listen to that again. Another I podcast. Don't, I don't like those people. Um, and he actually thought that Lonzo might project better defensively than some people are giving him credit for. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it turns out. He said it's not for a lack of effort. Right. It's not that Lonzo's uninterested in it. It's just it's a question of okay, if you're guarding ones right. in the NBA. But keep are in you mind, getting better up? than you're getting credit for is not necessarily helpful because he's getting very so little credit. Sure. And I, I just I think both of them profile as guys who do it's a lot of length in the backcourt, so that might help. Um, you know, both of those guys right. are very long, but neither one of them have that sort of guard Russell Westbrook kind of quickness. I mean, I will say this, though. I mean, you know, Mike Conley has turned into one of the best defensive point guards in the league, mm-hmm. and he was not projected to be that guy. I mean, frankly, he wasn't projected to be the guy he is, period. he came out of college with a pretty good defensive profile. I don't think, I don't think to the degree that he I was. I thought he did, but I, look, I, 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 don't, I could be wrong right. about that. But, I don't know. I mean, there but are guys, there are... It's, it's, just, it's just something look, I thought if about. It's not, no, you, and uh, it's something we've discussed before, and you're correct. I mean, if not Mike Conley... There are definitely guys who, whether they are projected as defenders or not, they improve as defenders mm-hmm. in the NBA. No question. And I, and I think ultimately, if you think Lonzo is going to be better than Josh Jackson, you take him and you figure out the other stuff afterwards. Because, you know, these are not – it's not going to be like the Okafor situation where you can't trade him. No. Because it turns out the biggest problem with Okafor isn't that he can't play next to him. It's that he's not very good. Right. And he only no, does one thing. And nobody seems to think – that Lonzo or Josh Jackson does not have a pretty good ceiling in the NBA. Right, so um, it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers do. I'd love to see them make some sort of big, ballsy trade-down kind of thing. You know, If they love Smith or, or Fox or something like that, that would be interesting to see. Um, and by the way, too, um, no matter what the Lakers do, you and I will be covering it. Oh, right, it. yes, good. Uh, ESPN LA 710, we are doing the post-draft uh, coverage live. 7 to the- uh, around, might even be a seven little later to TBD. than 9. Until, we're not until even sure, start. but uh, we're, we'll be live from the facility at El Segundo. We're going to be looking to get guys like... You know, Magic or Luke or Rob Palinka or just Ball. or you know just some of the writers in the building. Yes, whoever, um, whoever. We're looking to get people on, so please so yeah, tune, tune in. in. Um, all right, before we go, Andy, uh, a friend of mine texted me last night and said that the Lakers chat board that he likes to populate is on fire because it's 2006. <laughs> Who goes to chat boards? Apparently, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he that he. Um, it is on fire because Jerry West is going to the Clippers. <laughs> is his Friendster account blowing up? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty lucky. 
Some of us still have a thriving MySpace page. <laughs> I got I to tell you, my Nokia BlackBerry has been blowing up. Oh man, the wireless on my Commodore. Actually, 60, the, 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 the wireless on my Commodore sixty four just the BlackBerry is apparently uh, poised to make a huge comeback. Ooh, good, good for them. Um, but anyway, so Jerry West is going to the Clippers, mm-hmm. and that, that is upsetting to Lakers fans, at least some of them, because Jerry we saw, West. We saw someone going Twitter to the Clippers. Upset. They were upset. I let's set aside the impact Jerry West is going to have on the Clippers, which I think is actually minimal because Jerry West, unless he is Jesus, can't fix the problems that the Clippers have right now, which we kind of talked about before. They're either going to be not good enough because they're keeping the players that they have, or they're going to have to start over and they don't have any stuff. And maybe no, but if you're, lo- I was going to say, if you're looking to draft, you want Jerry West. There. But they don't have any picks. Is you know th- that's part of the well, problem. Hopefully, when he's 87, right. <laughs> they have some picks. You again. know, so you know, it's there's there's no quick. Well, you know, I mean, like fix. Ramona, for example, has brought up uh, and she, that if you want to keep Chris Paul, Jerry West's presence could possibly could help. be the difference. Right, and this it, may be about just keeping keeping Chris Paul, Chris Paul. but that doesn't get them sure, to. Of course. So that's 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 my own right. point. So set aside the impact he's going to have on the Clippers for a second. Um, could the Lakers have brought him back? In theory, yes, because right. he wanted to come back. But is does it make sense, keeping in mind that in the abstract, having Jerry West's mind on your team is always better than not having sure. Jerry West's mind? In the context the Lakers are in right now, though, can you bring back? Is it a good idea to bring back Jerry West, rookie no. GM? No rookie, whatever magic is, vice president, president of basketball, basketball operations. No, you can't do it. I mean, this is actually something I put out on Twitter. Uh, I thought I summed it up I pretty actually, well. I know, and that's that was part of my setup. Um, I said <laughs> you, you you can't have a consigliere for people who know the Godfather, uh, Tom Hagen, Robert Duvall's role. He was the consigliere of the Corleone family, uh, first to uh, Don Corleone, uh, Marlon Brando, and then Michael Corleone. You cannot have a consigliere with more respect than the Don, or in this case, the Dons. Consigliere? Consigliere. Consigliere. Yeah. That's what they... Right, no, I, I, I wasn't... I just... Yeah, go on. Consigliere. Right. Um, <laughs> wasn't totally what you were saying. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Well, I, just, I was more thinking of myself, like, wait a minute, have I been thinking of it? Go, move on. You can't have that set up. Right. And here's the perfect example I would give as to why this could be problematic. When... When there was a lot of reports, and we know this is true, that there had been internal discussions with the Warriors about trading Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. You know, there were people within the Warrior front office who wanted to make that deal. Jerry West, by all accounts, was one of the big voices saying, don't do it. Right. Keep Clay." And let's say that the Lakers end up in a scenario like that. And Magic and Palenka want to do one thing, and Jerry West says, no, I want to go the opposite direction. And picture this within like the first year, maybe right. two. Some sort of big of them thing. Were, right. Yeah, totally. If word gets out that the two of them overruled Jerry West, that's already going to start a problematic narrative for you know for two guys running a front office with no tangible experience whatsoever. They overruled the logo. You know, arguably the greatest GM yeah, in the guy history. You, the guy you bring back because right. he's an oracle. But here's where it even gets worse. In this theoretical trade that I'm talking about, this theoretical deal that they overruled Jerry West, and it turns out they were wrong. It's bad enough that it turns out that they would be wrong, but if they were wrong and overruling Jerry West, then the whole thing blows up. 
and that is that is poisonous for two guys in Magic and Palenka that are looking to establish themselves with no real resume. I mean, it's just it's problematic. Ironically, if Magic and Palenka had more experience, you would bring in Jerry West. I don't think you can do it for this. I just don't. It it's. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I like Jerry West. Is, Jerry West makes more sense for the Lakers than he does the Clippers in terms of being able to really help, um, like really guide people, but it just doesn't work. If these guys have been around for three years, it'd be different, but he's yeah. not. Um, so I agree with you. Um, and, I, I, you know, it'll. I, I think they need to find more voices. Yes, they do. And do, I, do what the Dodgers... You and I, you and I have been right, on do that, what the Dodgers have done. Like, for a while. There are nine GMs working in that front office because Dodgers just keep paying people to bring smart people in. And I think they can do that. They need um, to bring in at least one experienced voice with no ties to the Lakers mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, real quick before we go, I do want to compliment Steve Ballmer and, and just note this. They're, uh, the, the talks of building the, the arena in Inglewood and all that kind of stuff. He's going to self-finance a building in Inglewood. It's a 20,000-seat arena for the Clippers that, as far as I can tell, is not going to be able to be filled for more than, like, 60 nights a year. So he's going to build it himself. Well, he can have concerts and stuff but like the, that. But concerts are still – the AG ties to Staples Center and all these things are strong. Yeah, they are. And, you know, you're going to be at LA Live. You're gonna be at, and then as a concert venue – the forum has become a really well it's established. Great. It's a great place. It's fantastic. And in terms of an intimate venue to be able to go into, it's actually a bet. It's gonna be. It will be a better concert venue than any giant, you know, arena, modern arena that you can build because an arena built for sports with all the amenities and the luxury boxes and this and that, whatever. It, it's like Staples. It's just not cavernous. It's too big. They should make a roof that can come down. Something like that. But the forum can hold 15,000, 16,000 yeah. people, and it feels like it's six. Such a it's, great it's a place. great venue. So you're going to have trouble with that. But the point of it is, it doesn't, he doesn't care. He could lose tremendous amounts of money on that arena. Tremendous. Tremendous amounts of money. The best money. The, the most money. money. Some people say the greatest money. And it doesn't matter because he's that rich yeah so i just want to compliment steve ball I mean, for being that rich and doing baller stuff with your money because the owning these teams are vanity projects and he wants to win and like be the best guy and whatever he, and he can lose like he could lose 20 30 40 million dollars a year and never blink that is so rich yeah i mean i'm i'm That's always amazing. i'm always skeptical when i hear about these self-financed arenas until like you really see all of you know I'd the, be the fine print it's it's going to be basically because, i'm just saying because often these you know reportedly self-financed aren't quite yeah, self-financed there's always you know there's a million dollars but, e- but either way you're right and in and, and by the way it is the best move for the clippers they need their own identity they can stop embarrassingly hanging their banners over the lakers banners what they ought to do though by the way i would do this if i'm steve Ballmer. I don't care if Jerry West only works six months for them. <laughs> you put up a statue in front of them. You put up a statue of Jerry West in front of your arena, double middle from, fingers. From his, from his living room, just Doesn't consulting. Sitting matter. on a couch with a cell phone. Exactly. Um, all right. Immediately put up that so statue. So, again, next week the uh, draft is Thursday night. We'll be broadcasting 7 to 9 on ESPN LA, 7 till whenever on ESPN LA. Uh, tune in for that. We may or may not talking draft before that if we do we will release that podcast um, if not we'll we'll definitely be talking after the draft but uh we'll very excited we'll see everybody next time